Good morning. I want to remind you of a couple of things as I welcome you here this morning. One is that this is the Administrative Council meets this afternoon at 4. This administrative Council this afternoon at 4. Also a reminder that the confirmation orientation for the retreat that's coming up next weekend is today at 4.30, so in the new youth room. So confirmands, you or your parent one needs to be there for this orientation about the retreat coming up, and that, so that is today at 4.30 in the new youth room. I've been asked to give you a teaser announcement. It says men's barbecue will be next month. Watch for more information. Watch for more information. And a reminder that, uh, just another reminder about our effort to collect books for children. It'll be distributed to the elementary schools around the state. It's a big God-sized dream that our bishop has. And if you'd like to participate, uh, remember to bring books and there's a place to drop them off at the office. And we would love to meet our goal which I believe is a thousand, have a thousand books from our church towards the million dollar, million, million, bu million books. I'll get it right in a minute. <laughs> It'd probably be a million dollars, right? A million dollars worth of books. Yeah, exactly. All right. Okay. It's good to see you. Let us begin our worship.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray together. Eternal God, you raised from the dead our Lord Jesus, and by your Holy Spirit brought to life your church. Breathe upon us again with your Spirit, and give new life to your people, through the same Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. affirm our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to quicken the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. seated. Let our children come forward at this time.
So I found out this morning, good morning, when I was talking to the children earlier in the early service, that this, what I was going to ask you this morning, doesn't exactly happen in school anymore. But when I was a little girl, apparently a long time ago, the first thing we would do when we got to school is our teacher would call the roll. And this morning they said, what's a roll? So it's a list of everybody in the class. It's like an attendance list of all, the, all of your school friends who are in that room. So do your teachers not do that anymore either? They do. Oh, good. Okay. Some, okay, but they... Okay, so what we used to do when I was little, and I'm sure your teachers have some way of doing it, even if they don't do it exactly like this, is the teacher will either call everybody's name and you say, here, and raise your hand when they call your name, so your teacher knows you're there and ready to learn, um, or they have some way of knowing if you're there or if you're absent, right? Okay. Well, that's something similar to what happened in the Bible lesson for today. It was the Sunday after Jesus was crucified, and his disciples had gathered together in a locked room. And there were, in, they were in that locked room because they were afraid, so they had all gathered there together. They were afraid of what Jesus' enemies might do to them. The Bible tells us that even though the doors were locked, what happened? Who walked in? Jesus. That's right. And when the disciples saw Jesus, they were very happy. One of the disciples, whose name was Thomas, was not there in that room. And I don't know why Thomas wasn't there. Maybe he was sick or he just decided to stay home that day. But he was not there. And so the next time the disciples saw him, they told him what had happened. They told, them, told him that they had seen Jesus. We have seen Jesus, they said. He is alive. But Thomas didn't believe them. He said, unless I see the nail marks in his hand and the piercing hole in his side, then I won't believe it. Well, the next week, the disciples were in the house again, and this time Thomas was with them. And the same thing happened. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus walked in, and he stood among his disciples in that room. He turned to Thomas and said, see my hands? Put your fingers here. Reach your hand out and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Well, Thomas didn't need to touch Jesus' wounds that day. He saw and knew that that was Jesus, and he believed, and he called out, my Lord and my God. So one of the great promises that Jesus made was that he said, when two or more are gathered, who is there among them? Who is there among them? Is Jesus there? Yeah, that's what he promised. So each week when we come together here at church, who is here with us? That's right. So what do we miss out on when we're absent? We miss out on a chance to be with Jesus. So will you pray and ask God to help us always take that chance to be here? Bow your heads and repeat our prayer after me. Dear Father, we have come into this house and gathered in your name because we want to be with you. We have come to worship and praise you. We are here. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
from uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses uh, 3 through 9. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you who through faith who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that you, uh, so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is, is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Let us pray. Oh God, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Oh God, you are the God of new life, of everlasting life. And we, your people, come before you in praise and thanksgiving, for you are always with us and by our side. And you show us the path of life, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So we sing out this day and bless your holy name. In these days when we celebrate the greatest mystery of our faith, this Easter season, we must confess that many are unconvinced. Many are like Thomas, who wants signs and proofs. We pray, O oh God, that you'd rescue us from our doubt, restore us in faith. O oh Lord, we too often do not seek to listen to Jesus' promise that we're more blessed if we believe without seeing. So forgive us our questioning, O oh Lord. We believe. Forgive our unbelief. We need the help of your Holy Spirit to accept this great and wondrous gift of grace. So fill us now with your Spirit that we may rejoice in the truth of Jesus' resurrection and with fullness of joy proclaim that truth to a world in need of your good news. We know that you do not give us up to death, but allow our bodies to rest in hope. And so we now lift before you those of our community of faith and others who are in need of your healing and comforting word. Restore all those we've named in our heart and we've named on our prayer list by your mighty power that they may join our voices in singing your praises. Hear us, O God. For we ask all these things in the name of him who died and rose again, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying these words, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time.
please be seated. Gospel of John, chapter 20, beginning at verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, and they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, called Didymus, was one of the twelve, but he was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week passes. His disciples were once again in the house. This time Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. And he said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. And then Jesus said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we are so grateful for this, these appearances over the next 50 days of Easter time in which you, without a doubt, appeared and spoke and ate with your disciples and with others proving to all the doubters that you were indeed risen. And we pray, O oh Lord, this day that we will take away from here this, a renewed feeling of what it means to have the risen Christ with us, not just on Easter, but every day, every day. We pray in your name. Amen. Now I will admit to you that this day seems and feels different than last week. Uh, and traditionally, uh, this has been called what the low Sunday. Uh, a lot of ministers will take this Sunday off because they don't like to see the change in the number of people from the Easter Sunday. Because we just did have that wonderful Easter Sunday. We celebrated with, with wonderful music and with 
with a great deal of people. We had 400 people here between the two services. But today, I would suspect even you might feel as though we're just right back where we were. That we're back to fighting familiar battles. We're back to bearing uh, known burdens. Just as if Easter has not occurred. And that is precisely why we need to grasp the message of this, the second Sunday of Easter. The message concerning how the risen Christ gave new life to the disciples. How he came to them and gave them the Holy Spirit and energized them and gave them confidence. How he made them into people who were, fear, who were fearful, into people filled with both peace and power. We know from history and we know from the evidence of the church in 2014 that this first generation, these first generations of Christians did not hesitate to preach the good news of Christ's resurrection. They did it with conviction. They did it with courage. And they were able to convert thousands of people to this faith in Christ. But it was not always that way. At first, those disciples were scared. As the scripture said, they were afraid. They were still afraid that something might happen to them like what had happened to Jesus. And they met behind closed doors even though they knew that the women had told them that they had seen Jesus. Even though they had heard that Jesus was risen, they were behind locked doors. Their frail faith could not be made formidable simply by declaring, we have seen the Lord. Now certainly Jesus understands this probably than anybody else could ever. Jesus knew, I'm sure, what was going to happen. So Jesus came to them behind their locked doors and he did something to them. He, he did three things quickly I want to show you. He blessed them. He said, peace be with you, which is a blessing. He gave them a blessing. He reminded them that they still had peace with him, even though they had abandoned him earlier. He gave them a blessing. Second thing he did is he gave them a purpose. He says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. He gave them a purpose. Their life now had a calling. Their life had a purpose. And finally, Jesus did this. He gave some of his own spirit to them. He breathed into them the Holy Spirit. And by his presence with them, by his command to them, by his spirit of life, Jesus gave power to some who were called powerless. Jesus continues to give power to those who seem powerless. You and I often share the same feelings of hopelessness of people who are huddled in locked rooms. We too are often shattered by the strain of living, the strain of trying to make sense out of the world the strain of trying to do what we know is right, but not sure exactly how to do it, or where to do it, or when to do it. And like those first disciples, before Christ imparted His Spirit to them, we hide ourselves. We hide ourselves behind locked doors. We hide our hearts behind locked doors too. You know, we know that we have the same mission. 
but we feel worn down. We remain fearful because we see the declining influence of the church in the world today. We look around and we say, we might not have enough money to do whatever it is God's called us to do. We're fearful because we know that many in the world scorn us. And, and I don't know about you, but as I get older, it even seems as if the world itself is more unfriendly. And so in fear, uh, we come to believe that no program, no promise, no plan, no persistence, no person can possibly save us. And you know what? If that's all we had, we'd be right in that belief. Because when all is said and done, we're no different really than the first disciples. We don't seem to have much going for us. We've locked ourselves into these prisons that we've created. But we have got one thing, the same thing they have. We have the risen Christ. We have the risen Christ coming into our locked rooms, coming into our locked hearts. And that's the point of Gospel of John today. Because in the final analysis, this is a story of how the risen Christ pushed open the bolted door of a church with absolutely nothing. You know, I served a church one time where the door the main door into the church stuck. And at first, you would think that it was locked. And I had went on and on about how we must not put ourselves into locked rooms. We must go out and be in mission. And we must not be afraid of the world. We must overcome the world as Christ did. And I said, one of these days, we need to get that door fixed. Well, like many things in the church, it was going to cost a little bit of money, and nobody really wanted to do it. And, and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Finally, one day I was preaching, and we heard the awfulest sound at the door. Sound like somebody was trying to break it in. Finally, the noise stopped, the door swung open, and this woman and two little kids come walking in. And she said in a loud voice, I thought your door was locked. <laughs> I've said, the Lord Jesus has appeared to us. We must not lock our doors. We are asked to recognize that the risen Christ is with us every step of the way. That apart from the risen Christ, every place is an empty place. Apart from the spirit that Jesus breathes upon us, we're empty vessels with nothing to offer, nothing to share. The answer, my friends, is not necessarily more money or better plans or more promises or more projects, even though all these have their place. The answer is in the person of Christ Jesus. In the gift that he brings us, even when we're hiding behind locked doors out of fear. And how he persists in our doubts. Jesus will not let us alone, just like he would not let Thomas alone. He was going to make sure Thomas believed that Thomas was persuaded. 
And that's the way our Lord is. He, didn't, he would not leave us alone till we became faithful believers. Every one of us probably has a story about how that happened. I'll never forget a fellow one time telling me that he didn't have a whole lot of use for the church or the Lord till one day that he was crossing the railroad tracks over near Rufford Road. And he said, my car stalled. The train was a coming. <laughs> Isn't it funny how something like that can cause you to find the Lord Jesus really quick? But he, he could not get his car off the railroad track. The train slammed into him, drug his car about a half a mile. When it was all said and done, he lived to tell it. That became his witness. He witnessed to people far and wide about how he was saved for a purpose. And he testified it and told me about it. The fundamental reality of our faith, the significance of our faith, lies not in things we accumulate. It, it relies in the one we believe in. The power that transformed the first disciples from fearful people into people who were unafraid to speak to crowds of thousands who were willing to travel vast distances and endure, endure stoning and imprisonment and poverty. If you were here on Monday, Thursday, you heard me tell about what happened to the other disciples. Every one of them died a martyr's death, except for John, but John was tortured greatly. What caused those people to convince other people who had not seen that Christ was risen? Was not the power that is unleashed in this moment by the Lord Jesus Christ really the spark that created the church and sustains the church even now through all these years? You see, Power is not unleashed by doing things like journaling, even though that's a good, good pastime. Uh, it's, it's not even done necessarily by praying a lot. It's a power granted by the one in whom we believe, and that power that he gave to them in their locked room when he gave them the Holy Spirit gift, and then he turned around and poured that same Spirit out to all the believers when he ascended into heaven. You know, there's been two types of people from the very beginning. There have been those who huddle themselves in fear, who feel like their hopes and their dreams have turned to ashes and there is nothing they can do, and so they lock the doors of their heart. They're afraid of experiencing one more disappointment. They have all but given up hope. And then there's another group of people who have experienced the same thing. They've experienced the same hopelessness, the same shattering of their dreams. But there's a difference because in that group, they still look to the Lord Jesus Christ. They still look and expect things will change. And so they assemble in the name of the Lord. They do Bible study and prayer and read the scripture, they come to worship, they seek the face of God, and they have, at some point in their life, found Christ standing with them. 
And when they have experienced that deep in their souls, deep in their spirit, deep in their heart, they have received the same blessing. The exact same blessing that Jesus gave that day. And they've been reminded of the exact same purpose in life that they have. And they have been filled with some of Christ's own spirit. And with nothing else but this experience that sometimes they can describe to you like the fellow drug down the railroad track and other times they can't. Like a fellow that told me he just always felt like the Lord was with him and had been good enough for him. And so everywhere he, go, he would go, he would just tell people, you know, the Lord is with me. It doesn't have to be a big old thing that happens. Sometimes it can just be a little simple feeling. But they heard it. They felt it. And they knew it. And from that experience in that deep place within their heart, within their spirit, they were transformed. And likewise, they transformed their homes and their communities in the world. And thank God for those folks throughout the generation, up and even now to now, who have been faithful to the understanding and promise of the risen Lord. You know, all of us, I think, look around and we think that the world more than ever needs a renewal. And the promise of God is that one day the earth will be recreated in His image. The renewal will happen. And you can count on it. It will happen. But it won't happen because of us. It happens because of God. We're simply vessels for God to use in whatever way He'll use us. But that will happen. And it will happen because Jesus is alive. It will happen because Jesus has been able from the very beginning to enter into a locked room, enter into a locked heart, and feel whatever it is that needs to be filled. The good feelings of Easter Sunday when we soared in the faith might seem distant already. The afflictions of daily life may have returned already to you. Or maybe they're going to hit you tomorrow morning when you get up and head for school or work. But the reality of Easter, the risen Christ, is still with you. Christ is still with us. God will not forsake us. So tomorrow, trust Jesus with whatever you face. Give thanks to Him, knowing that He has risen to new life so He can bring new life to us all. In God's good time, everything will be transformed. In the meantime, know that Jesus is here and know that He will not let a locked heart or a locked door stand in His way. And may that knowledge May that faith, may that understanding give you hope and give you courage to endure in your faith. I pray this day that you receive that. I pray this day you remember your purpose. And I pray this day 
that you'll never forget. Christ is with us. Amen. of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God, and may the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, may they be yours this day and each day. Amen. <laughs>